Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So when I think of the fourth and America, I just instantly think of Mike, Mike Crane back there. Mike and Tracy are awesome. They've been here for years and friends and they are elders in this church. And so I asked Mike to minister today. And, you know, I used to be one of those separation of church and state kind of pastors. It's like, let's don't talk about politics. Let's don't talk about any of that kind of stuff in in church. It's just separate, leave it out there. It doesn't really matter anyway. But he showed me a way of understanding uh, the the liberty that was supposed liberty from God that we have that our original documents were crafted to protect those liberties and it's kind of a no brainer but when you think about it in terms of it's a godly focus and I'm not I, you know I don't, I'm not we're not going to start waving American flags or anything like that I'm not I'm not going to start telling you who to vote for or anything like that but it, but I do I think there are parallels. And I think that there are people that God has in the body called to that realm to declare God's purposes and intent in those areas. You know, there are some godly people in Washington. Mike has been served as a state senator, has run for Congress, and still has the ear of people in that realm. And it's not over yet. We're not sure what the next step looks like, but those of us that know him and love their family, we just kind of feel that sense of, you know, there's something there. It's not over. We'll see what happens next. And so we, we continue to pray for that and expect that. But I appreciate your influence in my life, and I'm, I'm glad you're ministering today. So come on up here. Show Mike a little bit of love as he makes his way up here. You got everything you need? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good morning to our ever-expanding worldwide audience, you get a dose of freedom. Chris, thank you for the song selection this morning. Hallelujah to the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Has broken every chain. There's salvation in his name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. I, I mean, that's the message of Independence Day. Right? And I tell you, let, let me take you back. Let's go to 18, I think 26. Sam, you were here. Um, um, I, um, you recall, right? It, it was, I think, think about 1826. Now, right now, we're being told that that far back American history, we were just an awful, terrible place. Right, that we're, they're revising what our history tells us about our, our our heritage, right? If there were paved roads in America at that time, they were done by handmade bricks. I mean, think about this: 1826, right? There was no refrigeration, which means no air conditioning. There was very few lights, very limited plumbing, right? But freedom was there, right? The concepts of liberty. In 1826, on this day, the man who penned the Declaration of Independence died, right? Isn't that kind of interesting? 
He died on the 4th of July. On its 50th anniversary, the Declaration of Independence, the man who wrote it, passed. Not only him, on that same day, who else passed? And Sam knows, because he was there. And so, <laughs> Sam is not that old, really. I mean, he didn't come along till, till the later 1800s. But <laughs> I love you, Sam. Sam. Sam is on this journey with me, too, of discovery, right? It, it really is, of just, we can't let go of our history. But on that day, so go back a couple months prior to that, uh, Jefferson's old. He's in his 80s. And he gets a letter from the folks in Washington say, will you come up here and celebrate with us the 50th anniversary of the 4th of July? And he writes a response. At 83, I mean, you ought to read some of his, his writings. But I'll, I'll, I'll share with you kind of parts of his response. Um, he was very ill at the time. He had all kinds of things going wrong. And there wasn't much great medical care in that day, right? So let me find this. This is one of the last, if not the last letters that Jefferson wrote, but it was in response um, to that request for him to come celebrate the Declaration of Independence. I know you can all recite it. We'll do that at the end. Um, so be, get refreshing your memory, okay? Let me share here a little bit of how he wrote. I, we don't write like this anymore. If any of you read Facebook, we don't even think like this anymore. It's kind of scary. But this, is, this was the character in a flawed human being, like we all are. But this was the character uh, of what he shared. So in his, he, he, he's basically saying, thankful, thank you for the invitation. He says, he said, I should indeed... With peculiar delight, have met and exchanged there, talking about in D.C., if he'd been able to make the trip, uh, exchanged their congratulations personally with the small band, the remnant of that host of worthies. I think this language is just beautiful, right? Who joined with us on that day, referencing July 4th, 1776, in the bold and doubtful election we were to make for our country. What did he just say? He's saying he wanted to go to D.C. and meet with the few remaining who were still alive 50 years later with that group of folks who that day made a bold and, what did he say? Doubtful election. That day they made a choice. They signed their own death warrants saying, we will declare ourselves independent from the strongest nation on the face of the planet because we believe in something so much. We believe in something so much that we would sign our own death warrant. What could somebody believe that much? I'll tell you what they believed. They believed this, and they wrote it in that declaration. I say it here every time I get up and speak, but you'll remember we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted amongst men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's what they believed. That's what they signed. 
considering it was a doubtful, what was the likelihood of defeating the British? Near zero. They, they were not going to do that. But they believed it so much they felt it was worth fighting for. This, this is where he continues. Who joined with us on that day in the bold and doubtful election we were to make for our country. A choice between submission and the sword. And to have enjoyed with them the consolatory fact that our fellow citizens, after half a century of experience and prosperity, continue to approve the choice we made. That's pretty cool, huh? Here we are 245 years later. Do we continue to approve the choice we made? Or do we find ourselves in the midst of rewriting it all? It feels kind of weird right now. May it be to the world what I believe it will be. The signal of arousing men to burst the chains under which ignorance and superstition had persuaded them to bind themselves. Prior to that Declaration of Independence, the world was satisfied with being under chains and bondage. I mean, this was just, this was just an amazing thing. And he understood all this. I mean, think of it, that he grasped the reach of what they were doing, right? Well, he, goes, he goes on to say, and to assume the blessings of security of what Clint just said, self-government, that form which we have substituted and restores the free right to the unbounded exercise of reason and conscience or freedom of opinion. The general spread of the light of science has already laid open to every view the palpable truth that the mass of mankind has not been born with saddles on their backs. I mean, he understood what tyrannical power does. He says, man, the mass of mankind has not been built with saddles on their backs, where a favored, nor a favored few booted and spurred, ready to ride them. This is the ground of hope for others. Pretty cool. Right? 50 years later. I mean, most of us can appreciate 50 years in the room. Some of us, <laughs> some of us, Lyle, can't yet. Right? Chris, y'all don't know what 50 years, but go back 50 years. Right? For us. 1971, where you weren't even here. Intel had come out with the 4004 chip. Right? This was groundbreaking stuff. It powered a calculator, <laughs> an eight-function calculator. Well, it was really a four-function calculator, but it had memory, right? Here we are, what, 50 years later? We now have supercomputers that process information in something called petroflops. Does anybody even know what that means? <laughs> so the fastest one right now is 20 petroflops. Oh, yeah, Eric, Eric does. <laughs> 20 petroflops. That's 20 quadrillion 
iterations a second in 50 years. In 50 years. But one thing hasn't changed in those 50 years, freedom and liberty, those concepts, it hasn't changed in thousands of years. So when Jesus came out of the wilderness, right, he, he, 40 days, his trial and temptation, where did the first place he goes? He went to his hometown, right? Let's look. Clint kind of struck a nerve last week or the week before when he, when he said, you know, does anybody have a Bible anymore? Actually with pages, right? He, it inspired me. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I like it, right? Bring the Bible. It used to be some folks brought ones that were never opened um, back in the day. I, I was guilty of that for quite some time myself. So here he goes. If you look in Luke 4, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through all the district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And that, uh, I'm in verse 16 now. Chapter 4, verse 16, the book of Luke. Where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. The book, it was handed to him, right? He didn't go pick it up. It was handed to him, which is interesting. And he opened the book, and he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then the next thing, which is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> he kind of looks around and he says, today this is fulfilled. What was the outcry? Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. No, blasphemy, stone him, kill him. He was just reading from Isaiah, that declaration. We ought to read, go, it's Isaiah 61, I think. That's worth reading all of it. <laughs> if you go to the end, I won't read it all. But if you read Isaiah 61 at the very end, it says, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Freedom, liberty, the true freedom and liberty that only comes in Christ. What does he set us free from? He didn't set us free from government. As much as they wanted it, they wanted to be set free from Roman reign, didn't they? But there was a, there was a, a bigger tyrant on the field. There was a, a bigger oppressor, and he set us free from that. In the, in the words, I think, it, can you find the third verse of, I think, the song, third stanza? I don't know, where it says, on that morning, where was that? Can you put that up there on the screen from the song today? Is, verse 3. Huh? Good. That's my musical knowledge of the day. I actually knew it was a verse. Or, <laughs> is that a stanza, Chris? <laughs> What's a stanza? I don't know. Where's Hans? He probably, what's this? It's like a German word. Does that mean anything? Stanza? I don't know. Okay. Salmon does not qualify, by the way. This qualifies. For, right? You win. I win. Thank you. 
<laughs> prize at the end of the day. Then, then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your very body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared, the grave has no claim on me. How can you not say anything but hallelujah? <laughs> Praise the one who set me free. The world is saying blasphemy, condemn him. The world is saying today, I am God. I choose what is right is wrong, right and wrong. I decide what is and who I am and what I will be. And that was not the message of the gospel. It's not the message of America. It never was. For those that love to think that there is some separation of church and state, there's not in America, nor should there be. The, the birth of this nation was exclusively to exalt God. Amen. I don't care what anyone says to the contrary. Have we done it perfectly? Absolutely not. Have we done it better than any? Yeah. And the world's grateful for it. That's why we have petroflops. <laughs> if it weren't for that, Sam would attest to this, having read the 5,000-year leap and been there for most of it, Right? <laughs> I love Sam. You're probably not even the oldest person in the room, are you? Okay, well. <laughs> we would still be stuck with what? Without, without liberty and freedom. And we'd be, we'd be stuck with shovels and picks. I mean, for 5,000 years, that was the best the world could do. Right? Cain and Abel had picks and shovels and stuff. And a rock. Yeah, and a rock. Not I rock, a rock, right? <laughs> and so the pilgrims came to our shores with not much difference, did they? I mean, they did have a, a, a wooden screw from a printing press or something like that, which is a pretty cool and clever device. But that, something was different. Something was unleashed when the American form of limited government was instituted. If you limited government, you expand what? Freedom. freedom, right? And so in that freedom, we went to the moon in a couple hundred years. We're going to Mars right now. Branson, swear, he's going to fly to the moon or into outer space next week or something. I don't know. And then Bezos is going to go off into oblivion with him, right? <laughs> So just amazing. That, doesn't, that came from freedom and liberty, right? Imagine what that looks like in the tr life of a believer. Where we started in our lives. We're all on that same journey America was on. Here's the gift of freedom. Here's the gift of liberty. What will you do with it? Some did not use that gift well, did they? They would use it to oppress others. Bible instructs us not to use our liberty to be a stumbling block to others, right? But in our liberty, show them the way to God. Show them the love of God. And by this, the world will be changed. I mean, this is, this is America. This is the America I know. This is the America I am fighting for. One where that is the message of freedom and liberty. Not the freedom and liberty to do anything you choose no matter what. There is a responsibility in that. And, and who is that responsibility to? 
What did the Declaration say? I mean, if it's such a secular document, how does it end? With a firm reliance on my great ingenuity and ability to do whatever I want. It didn't say that, did it? No, I don't think he even thought that. It probably not even entered into his mind. Jefferson, who's accused of being this great deist who just, you know, was not Christian at all, said more things supportive of Christ than most Christians say today. Yeah, yeah, he, he was so impressed with Jesus. He focused on every word Jesus said. And so uh, you, you see that liberty is just, it's more than a state of being, a state of, of condition. I think I shared this last time when I talked. We'll confuse the two words, right? Freedom and liberty. Freedom is a, is a state of being, is as far as it's a condition. So if you're in prison, you're not free. That environment has been created around you. Can you be at liberty in prison? Yes. You could. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's an eternal condition granted to you by God. Right? And so what I was, I was the understanding of that Knowing from where that liberty comes from, we get our freedoms from government, it seems, correct? We get our liberty from God. And we owe our allegiance and our duty to government or God. It's God. And the founders all got this. They all understood this, and they created a framework of government to support that. Why did they write the Bill of Rights? Because they weren't satisfied with the Constitution. The Constitution set out a framework of a very limited federal government, right? But that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to limit government. They felt it necessary to, to amplify what they knew to be the inherent rights of the individuals to make sure the government did not intrude on that. And that was... Things like freedom of what? Speech, religion. What did religion mean to the founders? If they could tell, if one of them was standing here today and you said, what is religion? And Jefferson was here. And he would, he would say duty to God. Right? We hear the word religion, we think different things. We start thinking of denominations. We start thinking about behaviors, but it was a very personal thing. It basically, it was relationship to God. That freedom of that is paramount in the American experiment. You know, the French went through a revolution about the same time we did in America. It was different, though. You know, that's where they invented the guillotine. It can, you, you would know that this was kind of a different event when they found that the best tool for affecting uh, their, their revolution was to cut off people's heads. Right? Why, what was the difference? What was missing in their revolution? God. It was a totally secular thing. They were just going to throw off any governmental restraint for none. Pure libertarians. Whatever I say goes. And we saw how that ended. So don't let anybody fool you. Don't listen to all the nonsense when they try to rewrite our history and say we're something different. We are an, exp an experiment 
in ordered liberty based on a, a peculiar people directly in relationship with God through Christ. That is America. And that's what makes the nation so great. And we shouldn't have to apologize for that. Go back 50 years, though. Just in 50 years. So in, Jeffers, in Jefferson's 50 years from signing that paper, that doubtful <laughs> experiment, that doubtful outcome, 50 years later, things were moving in the right direction. It wasn't perfect by any means. It would be another 40 years and the nation would have devolved into civil war trying to right and correct the wrong of slavery. But still it was moving in the right direction. What direction, in our last 50 years, what has our direction been? Has it been one in the right direction or are we moving away from the, the promise of liberty? It feels very much like that. I mean, in 1971, abortion was illegal in most places in the country. Two years later, the Supreme Court took it upon themselves to make it the law of the land. And since then, we've killed 60 million Americans in this nation for convenience. Right? What else have we done? Right? Have we moved in the right direction? Have we moved more... I love how Clint says the grace message is, is the most demanding in the sense of personal responsibility. You don't get to put it all off on God. He did his part. The morning came. The proclamation was made. Death has no claim on you because you are eternal and you are a son and daughter of God. The relationship was cemented at Calvary and at the resurrection, right? But here we are. We have broken those binds. We've taken the Bible out of our education system, right? That was 60 years ago. Boy, that was a wise move, <laughs> right? What if we substituted 60 years later? We won't even go into it just because it'll make everybody's head explode. But around the country today, we're, we're teaching nonsense. When the, the number one instructional booklet for, what, 200 years of America, maybe 300 years of American history was the Bible. It was the only book most folks had access to. And so why make a new textbook when that's perfectly full of great ideas, good stuff, and, you know, it was a great thing. Now we can't even bring it into the classroom. That is something. That's our 50 years. What will the next 50 years be? Can we turn the tide? Absolutely. How many of you think the kingdom of God is advancing? Yes. yes. Is it ever in retreat? No. no. I don't care what it looks like around us, folks. It is not in retreat. It, don't let it be in your own life. I mean, I don't know about you, sometimes I wake up and it feels like my little kingdom path is in retreat. It's not going quite like I think, but it is not. The gates of hell shall not prevail against what Christ has completed and done. The, the challenge is, are we going to step into it and access it or not? 
I mean, here we are. I mean, we wake up some mornings and we're like sitting at the, at, beside the pool in Bethsaida, right? Oh, God, somebody will just put me in the pool. Oh, I'll be well. I'll be healed. Life will be better. Oh, Jesus says, do you, you want to be whole? Do you want to be whole? And keep in mind, this was a Sunday. Maybe 4th of July for all I know. <laughs> right? Did they even have our calendar there? I don't know. Sam, you don't remember? <laughs> anyway, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I know I will. Probably at a pool table, I think, right? All right. Jesus says to him what? Oh, you poor, pitiful thing. If I feel, maybe I'll choose to do something. Maybe. What do you say? What do you say? Pick up your mat, your bed, and walk. That's what I say to America today. Pick up your mat, quit your whining, and walk. I mean, to the glory of God, all that happened. And he ran off from there. Jesus disappeared. They're going, who did this to you? And he goes, I don't know. I don't, where is he? I don't he didn't even know. It says Jesus found him later. I mean, there in the temple. And he then knew, and he went and told everybody. Friends, he's already told us all. Pick up your mat and walk. Let's get that in our lives right? That's where it happens. That's where the transformation comes. It's not when we get Joe Biden to pick up his mat and walk, right? It's not when we get whoever we love or don't love politically to do something. It's when we do. The transformation of the nation will only happen, this nation and any nation will only happen when the character of the people equal what we can be. Pick up your mat and walk. That's good stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah, that'll get them, right? <laughs> That's funny you say that. There's a story, but I won't tell it. There's a story. I told somebody essentially that one time. He wanted the government to do something for him. And I, I said, you do it. Why would you even ask the government to do that for you? You do it. You're able. I don't know. I'm pretty hopeful. I love Clint's optimism. He's always hopeful. I mean, it's just, we, we win, right? I mean, did the Hawks win last night? Oh, so it's not like that, right? Do you, did, the, the emotional angst in the room just went mm, mm, when I said that. Why is that even possible? It was a basketball game with overplayed people. Overpaid, overpaid people, right? I mean, talented bunch. Why did your emotions just do that? I felt it. It was weird. Y'all ought to. True to Atlanta. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing ungodly about rooting for your team. But we win. It has been won. The victory has been declared. 
It's not death. You know, the, the words in the first part of the song said death has lost its claim or lost its grip, I think is the, the way that song's written. Yes. Don't let it regain the grip. Only you can do that. It can't reattach to you. Only you can surrender that spot. Only you can lay back down by the pool and go, woe is me. I don't know what else to tell you, folks. This, it's easy here because we're all, this, everybody agrees I'm getting this. I'm not getting too many nods this way. But it really is going to depend on us individually, within our homes, within our communities, that we, we proclaim the gospel with the lives we live. Right? It's a good message. It's the winning message. You get to go tell someone death has no claim on you. Tomorrow morning you get to decide what type of immortal you shall be. That's pretty cool stuff. Is that a little too bold? Huh? It's not, but it feels like it, doesn't it, sometimes? <laughs> God, it's intimidating to, to put ourselves that close into a person's life and say, you can be, Right? But that's the message. And let's do it in our own lives, too. Don't despair. Life has lots of things to throw at you, right? It really does. The world's busy. And they just, I think they insist on throwing more at us. They want us all to be laying by the pool with this thought that if we could ever just do this, we'll be okay. How many of you ever had the notion, if you ever win the lottery, it's going to be okay? Raise your hands. Come on now. Fess up, right? If, ju if I just won that one, I don't even need to win a big one. Just do this one. Y'all laughing because you've had this thought. And I know you, right? Because I've had this thought. This only, I mean, I only need to win $300 million or so to it'd be okay. Right? Right? That is not who God made you to be. Are you equipped or not? for every good work, fully equipped. Do you ever walk into any situation unarmed? You don't. The, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which we've been talking about for weeks now, full, full armament, everything we need. That's why Jesus said it's important that I leave that I might sin. It will lead us into all truth. Guide us into all truth. Equip us for every need right when we need it. That's pretty good stuff. That's a promise. And it's not conditional of you having access to it. The only condition is, will you access it? That's the only condition. That's not on God. That's on us. All right. So who's going to pick up their mat and walk? Right? I am. It is a good campaign slogan. I, I think we can take that. Pick up your mat and walk. <laughs> That'll offend a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Leave it to me to offend a whole bunch of people, right? Well, hopefully the censors don't have any issue with any of the things I said today, right? We don't care. Our Facebook's already shut down anyway. Oh, good point. Seriously? <laughs> well, we can't 
You wouldn't want to be able to advertise a message like this, would you? Of course you would. You would want to promote this, wouldn't you? But the world says no. That it, this, the, I think this could be termed as hate speech in the current vernacular. Isn't that, isn't that bizarre? Yeah, you got me going now, Clint. Every time I say pick up your bed and walk, it's going to be hate speech, right? Pick up your mat and walk. Why did they get so mad at Jesus when he said that? Under their legalistic mindset, it was Sunday, and picking up your mat was considered work. Do you think Jesus knew that when he told him that? He absolutely did, right? This is the same story when they pursued him out to the cliff or the hillside, and they were intent on throwing him headfirst down the hillside, and he walked through him as if nothing, right? Pretty cool stuff. That's the life God has for us. When we are tuned in and we're just walking his way, what the world has to say or do about it really is going to be of no consequence to you, right? Keep your eyes on him. Trust what he says. Hmm. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. May the world know that liberty. And may I be one of the people showing them that message. Amen? Amen. Bless y'all. Have a great, great fourth. I will pray. Yeah, come on up here. <laughs> well, I'll just pray. You don't have to come. You can do whatever you want. Let's pray. Father, sometimes I find myself um, forgetting who I am in, in you. I listen more to the world than to what you have to say. And it is real obvious, Lord, to everyone around me that that is true. My prayer, Lord, for us, for me, and I'm sure for others in this room that might, might experience the same distractions of life, is that you can help me stay focused on what is true. That as I'm lying there on my mat, moaning about my situation, whatever it may be, Lord, that my eyes will look up intently into the eyes of Jesus not lose focus, not lose, not even blink, but stare straight into the eyes of my Lord and my Savior. Grab my mat, get up, and walk, and declare your glory. Father, make me ever mindful of the goodness you've deposited in each and every one of us. And Lord, if there's any out there that are still lying by the poolside, that don't seem to be able to get up, and if any of them have never said yes to you, Lord, that invitation always stands. Jesus just say, says, come and see. Follow me. The answer can just be yes. 
Say yes to the one who set you free. And experience liberty like it was meant to be experienced. Thank you, Lord, that death has no claim on those who call on your name. Thank you, Lord, that you were generous enough to not only get us to know you as Almighty God, not only as Lord, but Lord, Father, you have brought us to the place where we get to call you Abba. Father, Father, Above you is no other. Above you is no other. We set our affections on you, Lord. We set our eyes upon you. We are made whole in Christ. And we, for this, we are always thankful and grateful, Lord. And all his people, all his people said, Hallelujah. Praise the one who set us free. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you all.